We are brought to you by Hidden Gem Design Company. Uh, they're a local startup here in Salt Lake. Uh, they make custom hand stamp necklaces from high quality sterling and gold filled materials. Um, they have something for everybody. In fact, I just got my wife one the other day with the initials of our two children on it and it looked amazing. They're a minimalist necklace. They've got a lot of things to offer. So go check them out. Uh, their Etsy shop, um, etsy.com uh, forward slash hidden gem design co and make sure that you grab something and tell them that the thinking project sent you because these necklaces are absolutely fantastic uh, like i said high quality uh, they can do custom orders um, and the best of all you're supporting locals so go check them out hidden gem design co Okay, guys, we're also brought to you by Hepius. Hepius is your number one place to go for premium CBD products that won't break the bank. And I promise you guys that if you check these out, you won't be disappointed. They've got something for everybody. It's THC free, which means it comes with a work safe guarantee. Whether you need a roll on for your muscles and your joints, you need a sleep aid to get your day ending right, or you need uh, their number two that get your day started right. Uh, they got something for everybody. They're quality, uh, lab tested, third party tested. It's all good. Go check them out. Happiestmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com and tell them that the Thinking Project sent you. What's up, everybody? So today I had the pleasure of interviewing Roger Comstock, but today is also a milestone for me because it's episode 100 of The Thinking Project. We're coming up on a year. In fact, May 15th will be a year of me doing this podcast, but uh, today is episode 100 and I don't, didn't know what I was going to do. I'm actually going to do something closer to my one year mark to make this a little more official, uh, probably a sweet giveaway. So if you're listening to this, celebrate with me on Facebook, on Instagram, episode 100. And for those of you guys who haven't missed an episode or, or have catched most of them or have met me along the way, like congratulations. And this is huge for me. I really love it. Uh, I've loved every minute of podcasting. Um, so with that being said, let me introduce Roger Combs who's the founder of Zero Dollar Startup. You can find him on all social media. Uh, go to his website, zerodollarstartup.com uh, or find him on social media. He's really fun, really active on there. And I had a, an amazing time interviewing him. Uh, we had a great conversation. So tune in to Roger Comstock. Shout me out on social media for the 100th episode and uh, we'll get you guys rolling. Thank you guys so much and welcome Roger Comstock and I uh, hope you guys enjoy Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. So uh, we're live in Facebook. We're rolling, man. So I have a question real quick. You were looking at, you were trying to do a lot of podcasts. You know, I saw your, uh, I saw your message in Connect Utah. And I'm just curious, like, um, what, so what do you do and, and why are you trying to get on, on a lot of these podcasts? Yeah, man. So I think what's been really, really, uh, fulfilling, uh, for me in my life is I think money is, is great. Uh, but I really believe the yeah. most important thing is creating a positive impact in the world and leaving kind of a dent for good. And I'm noticing that, you know, if I can get my message out to more people, then it has the ability to um, affect their lives, right. In a positive, meaningful way. And so I'm just trying to be able to spread it as quick as, as I possibly can to as many people as I possibly can. Um, the business side of things has been amazing. I've been a serial entrepreneur for years and it's just been uh, incredible. I mean, it's, it's 
freedom, right? I can work wherever I want, whenever I want. There's lots of money coming in, which is awesome. But what I care most about is being able to create opportunities for, uh, for other people and to kind of, um, yeah, spread, spread some goodness, man. That's what makes me really, really happy. <laughs> right on, dude. And that's very admirable. You know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs just like that. Um, part of like, you know, my whole podcast is interviewing those business owners and serial entrepreneurs and, and, and people who like live right next door. And that's one of the things, you know, you hit it right on the head. Uh, a lot of people like look up to these big names. And, and I think that, um, you know, you should look up to these big guys, Gary V. Grant Cardone, like whoever, right? Uh, Tony Robbins, whoever. But people miss like the um, people miss the people right next door. You know what I mean? Like the people who are living the life that you want to live that are that are right next to you. And so I, I really appreciate you coming on. So tell us a little bit about what you do and, and what your whole goal is like with your business. Absolutely, man. Well, I think generally the challenge has been for most individuals, uh, you know, that a lot of individuals are trying to generate um, monthly cash flow, right? Passive income. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of individuals are looking to do that through real estate or other financial assets that require a lot of money up front. Generally, passive income uh, financial vehicles are pay to play, which is brutal, right? Because mm. in the, at least I don't know where all of the listeners are currently at, but in Utah, the housing market has has been just bonkers as of late, you know, buying a townhome, these prices are like $431,000 for a townhome. So what I've done is I've, I've started teaching people how to generate passive income every single month without having to invest in real estate, right? Or something that's so pay to play. And I do that through online digital assets, which is a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll basically spin up a digital asset and then rent that out to people every month. And they pay, they pay for that monthly, which is killer. Cool. What kind of digital assets are you, are you playing with? Good question. So what I'll do is um, I will drive traffic to a page and that traffic I'll rent out. So I've been working oh, a lot yeah, with okay. home service companies. It's kind of okay. cool. Like HVAC companies or plumbers or electricians. These guys are really, really cool dudes. They're, they're awesome. Uh, they own these companies. They make a lot of money every single year, but they don't understand tech. So just like me, I mean, I'm not an HVAC guy. And so I need, mm -hmm. I need those guys or electricians, but uh, they, they don't understand the tech side. And so I hire people out that can actually take care of that stuff for them. Um, and then we just, I mean, we automate the process to where they, they're able to get a lot of traffic yeah. um, every single month, you know, leads yeah. that coming into them. Uh, which is, which is awesome. So for, for people, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm understanding correctly, I've talked to people like this, you basically, you basically generate leads and then you sell those leads. Is that, is that, is that a 30,000 foot view? You know what, kind of, there's that model. And I think that that can be meaningful. However, if, if you're doing kind of the pay per lead deal, it's a little more tricky because the individuals that are, um, you know, taking those leads don't seem to value them as highly. So what mm -hmm. we do is we charge a monthly price and we'll hand over, you know, 20 to 30 people per month. And oh, okay. Take, yeah. Kind of like a rent rent rate, right? So they'll they'll pay, yeah. you know, anywhere from seven hundred to two thousand dollars a month, you know, to be able to get these people to work with, which is awesome. I mean, it's passive income and it's not anything that I have to yeah. front front money for. It's really cool. Yeah, you can build those. I mean, those landing pages, those funnels for almost nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I, I do it kind of a, a different way um, where I don't do it through a, a landing page. I've got some okay. kind of cool backend stuff that works really well. And then we automate the process. So the business owners get text messages with these people they want to work with, which has been a ton of fun. And so my main yeah, gig right great. now is um, t 
teaching people how to do that. That's been kind of the primary thing I've been doing. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that a lot of people miss that. You know what? There's so many ways though to make money. And when I hear, when people hear passive income and like when I hear passive income, I get very skeptical very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you know what I mean? And, uh, and that, and I, and I have my reasons, but I'm curious, like when you, when you're helping people with this passive income approach, this digital asset approach, by the way, this is, by the way, like talking with you and a people and a few other people who do digital assets, like that's probably the closest thing. That's probably the closest thing to like a definition of passive income that, that you can get. Right. Cause when I think of passive, I'm like, okay, you're like automating stuff, right? You got stuff on autopilot. And to me, like real estate isn't very passive because if you own a condo and you're renting that out, there's, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you follow Brandon Turner at all with bigger pockets, but that's yeah. exactly right. A lot of individuals are thinking like, oh man, I'm hopping into real estate because I don't have to do anything, <laughs> right? I'll buy a condo or a townhome. And I'm going to rent it out and I'm done. But they also don't take into account a lot of times the costs that are associated with yeah. you know, purchasing the property is just the first cost. And then there's a whole lot more that goes into it. And that can affect cash flow every single month. And um, it, it can be a lot more challenging than people originally had anticipated. Like, yeah. like you said, more management than people generally think. Yeah. And so like, you know, when I hear, when, so when I hear passive, I'm like, I want, you know, something that you can like, we can build and we, and we don't have to touch it every day. Like, sure. We'll have to manage it. Right. But like digital assets, things like that. Um, anything that has to do with like online e-commerce, like traffic is probably the closest thing that I can think of. Right. So how did you start with digital assets? Uh, it's been tons of fun, man. So I started a company about four and a half years ago called Tuple. That's what's on my hat. Um, okay, cool. It's been kind of my baby. I mean, it's been a blast to develop it and grow it, figure out what works, what doesn't, how to help people most and provide a ton of value. And um, we, we really found that most value comes from just getting people business, right? They love that because it's immediately, um, I mean, it transfers immediately to revenue in their, in their companies, right? And mm-hmm. I found that it's super, super important that business is always a win-win. You know, so originally we had been, we, we had helped people out with kind of like a review management platform. This was back when reviews weren't a commodity. They were more of a luxury, right? And yeah. uh, now, I mean, you've got, you, you've got review management that's basically free. And so we pivoted away from that as time went on just because it, I mean, review management is great. Reviews are important. People need them, but it's really, really hard to directly correlate reviews to revenue. It's kind of an abstract, you know, bird's eye view. Like, hey, if you have For this sure. many reviews, right, this is going to help help your revenue yeah. growth this way. Whereas if we're passing over business to companies, they can immediately say, hey, you know, people, Tuple sent this over and it equated to X amount of dollars for the business, which is just stellar, right? Yeah. It's been really, really cool. And then it, it created a way where, you know, I'm, I was, I was, at the movie theater the other day, eating popcorn and drinking Coke. And while I was watching like one of my favorite movies, 800 bucks came into my account watching the movie. And that's like, like, that's, yeah. that's great, right? That's fun. Um, when you can have something that you can, you know, you can count on and providing money um, every single day uh, yeah. with, without having to, to stress about hands on, right? The whole time. It's really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's everybody's dream, man. And a, and a good way and a good way to like get into like this passive income. I think yeah. uh, um, I learned especially that like if you can do a lot of this online stuff, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, passive income available. Right. Tons. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of things you can do. 
Yeah, brother. Dude, I agree completely. <laughs> there's there's people that need help everywhere. And I think it's so important mm-hmm. if, if people are going to become, I mean, if individuals are choosing to become an entrepreneur, they need to understand that there is truly um, a necessity for developing an abundance mindset. There are people everywhere oh. that need help, <laughs> right? Everywhere. And so a lot of people be like, I, you know, I can't talk about something mm-hmm. because I'm afraid somebody else is going to steal it. But there's 27.2 million small to medium-sized businesses across the country. And yeah. every single year, 2 million new SMBs enter the economy, which is awesome. And so it's like, Hey, yeah. I, I hope everybody comes into my same niche because there's plenty to go around, which is super, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that whole uh, scarcity mindset really bites people in the ass, man. It and, does, man. It really does. Because you're, I think a business owner is like, I think there's, I, I say this a lot, but I started my CBD company. And if I would have done like copious amounts of market research and like forecasting. Um, like I'm an accountant by trade. And so they do that like quite a bit, but, uh, I didn't know a lot. And I was like, I don't really need to do this because I've got my math right. And all we need is X customers. And that's like really not that impossible. So, but if I would have done like that research and forecasting, I probably would have never done it. And so I tell business owners like, uh, you know, you can't do it all because I think you're really naive if you enter into a, a niche or, or a market and you think that you're the only one there or like you wait to find something that you're the only one in. I just think you're wasting your time. I think you just need to jump in and, and roll. Dude, I could not agree with you more, <laughs> man. Not all. I, yeah. I'm a big, big reader. I love reading. And the, yeah. one of my one of my favorite individuals on the planet is Phil Knight. He had started Nike, right? Oh, yeah. He wrote Shoe Dog. Yep. Great book. And I couldn't, I mean, I just love what you just said. It resonates so well to me because I got my MBA and I thought it was garbage. I would never tell anyone to go get their MBA, <laughs> never. Because I could learn everything I learned in my MBA for free on Google in about three months, which is super cool. Where this stuff, like, and, and the thing is my MBA actually discouraged me from, you know, start because of what you just said, right? It's like, you got to analyze everything and that turns into analysis paralysis and nobody moves and it makes it sound like business is just this big daunting, ominous thing where like you said, you just got to roll with it, right? It's like, this is a good idea. I'm going to see if it produces some cash flow. So you start working and all of a sudden you've built something that works not just well, but really, really well. And you're thinking, this isn't what I learned in my MBA or school. This is, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's guerrilla warfare, you know? <laughs> really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think people are married to ideas when yeah. they should, when they should just be like, you know, uh, it should just be like a fling. Like if, like if you're an entrepreneur and you quickly realize that the market can't take what you're doing and you can't make it work or, or maybe you don't have the time or, or whatever, right? Like you should be able to pull out of that really fast and go on to something different. You know, like I got my bachelor's degree in accounting and start and thought I was going to be like this cool little bookkeeper and, and like business consultant (laughs) and quickly realized, first of all, like the market's super saturated. Um, and I don't, I didn't want to do like my accounting degree. I wanted to do more entrepreneurial accounting and not like business accounting. And there, to me, there's a difference. And so uh, I quickly divorced myself. I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm gonna go somewhere else and do something different. Whereas people are like, you know, they hear those stories of like, I just grinded for 18 years and it finally happened. Uh, and those stories are great. Um, but I also think that you should be ready to move on. Like you said, like pivot, like, hey, reviews are, are X, right? We should try something different. All yeah. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Absolutely, man. So, yeah, any of the companies that are finding success are 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 willing to. I think it's. If, if I mean, if you were to get down to the nitty gritty, the fundamental, rudimentary principles of what pivoting actually implies, it's just people being willing to learn, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people get they, they get stuck in this egotistical mindset of like, my idea is the best, and I can't pivot away <laughs> from it because it's it's yes. the only way. Right. Yep. But what people yep. need to realize is that it's okay to not be right all the time. It's okay to, <laughs> to not, to, yeah. to not have seen something happening in the market and to say, you know what, I think we need yep. to make a turn and we need yep. to learn from this. And we need to say, gosh, that was really, really cool that we were able to have some foresight about what's going on either macroeconomically or microeconomically. And so we're going to make some changes and those changes are going to result in happier lives, more income and a happier market, right. From products being provided. And it's, it's a win-win when people are willing to learn, you know, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, again, like I'm really glad we're having this conversation because it sounds like we're just on the same page and, and a lot of people need to hear that. They just need to hear more than one person say the same thing. And because <laughs> when I say it, people think I'm, I'm blowing smoking, but you know, when you hear other people say like things like, you know, just, just go right. Um, it's very, it's very helpful. Uh, so how does this, how does your business, what you're doing right now? Uh, I actually have a few questions, but I want to start with this one. Um, how does what you're doing now tie into that, that why, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you want to, you want to leave a legacy. That's a big, that's a big goal. Um, how does what you're doing right now help you tie that? Yeah, I think right now, um, my why has always been, I think, and will always be people, right? I just love people, man. Like I think Mm -hmm. most people are good. They want to do good things and they want to help other people. I believe that in my heart about most people, right? And so anything I can do to help someone else and to make their life easier, to be able to create freedom for that person, dude, I'm Mm -hmm. all for it. Right. And Mm -hmm. here's the challenge that we're having right now in the corporate world that just makes me so bummed out. It's that uh, it's this cool analogy that that happens, right? If you've got a bunch of crabs in a bucket, I I mean, maybe people have heard this and maybe they haven't, but if you've got a bunch of crabs in a bucket outside of that little, you know, 12 inch diameter bucket, there's a ginormous white sand beach with coconuts and palm trees and (laughs) ocean. And I mean, it's beautiful, but they're stuck right in the bucket. And the minute one of those crabs climbs up the side of the bucket and peeks its little head over the corner, right? (laughs) All of the other ones try to pull it back down, which is so weird. (laughs) Instead of being like, dude, let's help him out. Right. So he can, yeah. Yeah. Everyone tries to pull him back down. And what I want to do is liberate, you know, people, I want them to be able to have this experience where, dude, I love my life. Like I, yeah. My, my wife is my best friend in the entire world. We do everything together and we go wherever we want, whenever we want. And I can work whenever I want to, which is, it's amazing, dude. Right. Yeah, and I think yeah. it, I feel like it's my moral obligation to share that. I have to share mm-hmm. it, dude, with people. Yeah. They, they deserve it. People deserve to have that. Yeah. And I think when you, when you tell people that and invite people into this uh, space of, first of all, like you mentioned, like, uh, n- there's no scarcity, right? The, the, yeah. that get them out of that scarcity mindset. And when you, and when you invite them into like, uh, anybody can do this, right. Uh, and, and maybe like, maybe not anybody, but at least the people who want to want to give it a, a like a real shot, like can get it done, um, yeah. can do it. Right. So I have a question about this. Uh, cause there's a lot, by the way, like this has been a hype question for about a year and a half, two years, maybe even longer than that. But as long as I've been in here, so you got your MBA, 
Yes, sir. Where'd you get your MBA from? Just UVU, locally okay. here. I mean, Orem, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, you... Did you did you have a scholarship? Did you or did you pay for it? Did you get student loans? How did you finance it? Yeah, so I I I, I paid for it. Um, it was it okay. uh, it wasn't scholarships, um, okay. and that that to me was also a, I mean a sore spot, right? That it's it, when I was going through my MBA <laughs> with student loans, and I and it's like that's the frustrating thing, right? Because if I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna spend that much money, yo, dude, there's got to be a ton of value being provided, right? I've, yeah. I better come out of that. I'm being like, dude, this changed my life, right? This was really, really a meaningful yeah, thing. Yeah. And I am really grateful for the network. I will say that I met some wonderful people there, like yeah. really, really good people. But I'm yeah. of the opinion that I could have met those people at like a local meet and greet, right? A business Like network. if you, yeah, yeah. If you would have had like a, like if you would have cared about networking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because okay. we could, I mean, people that are going through an MBA program, that's kind of the argument that most people have. They're like, no, you need to go get your MBA because of the network you're going to build. But in my mind, I'm thinking there's, there's a problem there. and There's a solution. And the solution is that, I mean, once a week, a business people, people that have an affinity for business that want to learn business, get together at seven o'clock at night and talk business. Right. And that's yeah, going to do yeah, more yeah, for yeah. an individual than going yeah. through an MBA program. It's interesting. <laughs> well, and that's so that, I mean, that's a perfect, I mean, you already answered the question, but uh, there's a lot of these, like, uh, you know, um, people who want to get their MBA, who feel like they, who feel like they need to have their MBA to be competitive um, and to be like competitive in the job market. Right. And, and it sounds like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm the same opinion, right. But did, but did an MBA like make it easier for you to get a job or are you all in like, I would, if I, if you had to do it over again, I wouldn't do it. Oh, I would, I would not do it for sure. If I, if I had to do it over again, here's what I would have done. I'll tell you one thing that I think would be really, really cool. Individuals that like, I, I think my, my counsel to any like aspiring entrepreneur would be to find an individual that they love and look up to. They want to they want to follow right in their entrepreneurial mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those individuals have like inner circles that they're willing to allow people into and they will open up everything and they do it for less than what somebody would pay for an MBA. So they could <laughs> learn from their heroes, right? They could be at the side of Tony Robbins or Dean Graziosi or Ty Lopez or Russell Brunson or yeah, Steve yeah, Larson, yeah. any of these cool dudes um, for less than it would cost them to go through an MBA program. That's what I would have done. I would have invested that money into um, like a, 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 business mentor, right? Which would have been cool. People that, I just respect people so much that have walked the road before instead of the theoretical, hypothetical ideologies, right? That are, that are presented in an MBA program. They're meaningful, like, uh, thoughts to discuss, but I'd rather have like, let's, let's make the rubber hit the road and figure out what actually works instead of performing a SWOT analysis, like you said, right? Because that's (laughs) going to scare somebody off from starting a company. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's terrible. When anybody asks me about my CBD company, that's exactly what I tell them. I would have been like, bro, I would have never started this. Like the day we launched the CBD company, it's strictly e-commerce. Like we only do it online. Like we don't have a brick and mortar. Um, like the day we launched it, I was driving down I-15 and I saw like three signs that were like CBD. And I was like, mother, <laughs> but, but we'd already started. And so we were in, man. And I'm like, you know what? I think I, I was like, I think we can get our chunk and I think we can make it work. So like, let's just keep going. Cause we're already in this. <laughs> and I, and it was good. It, it, I mean, it, it t- turned out really well. Yeah. I, if you don't mind, I want to, I yeah. want to actually kind of riff off of what you just said, because yeah, I have some opinions about this that I think 
are important. I think a lot of people yeah. feel like there's not room for them because they they consider themselves like they think like I need to grow to outrageous levels, right? And yeah. and, so, and it's like I need to go get some venture capital and raise five hundred million dollars to be able to fund this startup, and I need to hire like a thousand people next month, and that makes it hard for the for their to be enough to go around. You really have to penetrate the market uh, in order to, you know, make that financially pencil, right. To make sense. Yeah. If you, what, what I prefer, I think is super important. Like I have a really, really good friend who owns or owned a very large multifamily real estate company, but he, I mean, well over a billion dollars of assets under management, which is really, really cool. But he had like a yeah. team of four or five guys. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, you can, there's plenty of space there. Right. And, and uh, yeah. with the team yeah. of four or five, there's plenty of the pie to go around. And so to yeah. your point, what I love is who cares if there's all these other companies that are doing similar things, you can, you can, um, in order to create a living for yourself and your team, I mean, it's, it's yeah. not that bad, right? It's kind of cool the way that that works. It's super yeah. cool. I get, well, I, that, I was shaking my head because, you know, in, in agreement with you uh, for those who aren't, like watching this um, because that I, I get a lot of flack for saying stuff like that. Like I, th I, after talking to all the business owner, small business owners, after interacting with people who want to start a business, like the number one problem I see with people not wanting to start a business is they don't think they have like a billion dollar idea. And I'm like, dude, dude if you don't, if you, but if you've never started your little thousand dollar idea, if you've never like actually created a product and sold it to somebody and made money, even if it's a dollar, like you wouldn't know what a million dollar idea was, even if it hits you in the head, bro, yeah. you got to start somewhere. And so like, don't be afraid. I mean, I want everybody to get there. I don't, like I said, I think, I think there's enough to go around, but don't be afraid to start a business because you don't think it's like the next what, whatever, right. Uber, Amazon, like, I don't want to start this because like Amazon exists. And I'm like, dude, that's not the point. Like you're missing the, but you're missing it. In my opinion, you're missing it. I agree, man. I think, <laughs> and really what I believe, I, I really have this belief deep down in every yeah. bit of who I am that money buys memories, right? It buys experiences yeah. and moments and opportunities. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's dang piece of paper or digital number <laughs> represented on a bank statement and it's only good for exchanging. So yeah, for something, it, yeah. that, right. That you want in your life. And so yeah, it's like, yeah. what's so cool is you can exchange your money for incredible experiences. We just hit a goal today. Yeah. Um, that was a big goal. It was awesome to hit, but me and my wife, we're going to go to Hawaii for a week in, uh, cool. you know, the next month and a half, just as like, Hey, we got to celebrate. It's so fun. You know, and th yeah. that's, that's what the mindset well, needs to be around this. Yes, 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 yes. And that's what I was talking about. Right. Like yeah. a lot, another reason I get flack for saying things like, um, like, I don't think you should look up to these. Like, I have a lot of like people, like I love Joe Rogan. I love uh, like Russell. Um, oh, gee, his name's Rusty Rockets. Anyway, Russell Brand. Um, oh, I yeah. love those guys. Like, and, and I learn a lot from them. But like, those aren't my people that I follow. And I don't think you should. And here's why. is because like, you should be looking at people who live the lifestyle that you want to live like this, right? Like, dude, we can, you can teach me exactly what you're doing, right? Hypothetically, right? You can teach me what you're doing. You're not afraid, right? You're, you're very self-aware and, and, and secure about what you're doing to give knowledge to other people. And then on top of that, um, we can live like each other, right? Like that's cool. Right. 
I can go to Hawaii. I can get paid. I can love my kids. You know, like, I just don't think that people want the lives that they see on TV. I just don't think most people want it. No, I I I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like once they actually realized what they were getting into, I don't think they would like it. Totally, man. There's a great <laughs> book by Tim Ferriss called The 4-Hour Workweek. I'm sure, I mean, you probably yeah. met her. I'm sure listeners probably have. What I think is so cool is there's this dude in the book that just decides to, I mean, peace out of the corporate world and go live on an <laughs> island and teach surfing, right? He, yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. some person from an island and he, he loves his life. He's free, right? He absolutely loves yeah. what he does. And what's interesting in the book is there's all of these corporate execs that come over to his island and learn how to surf <laughs> from him. And they look at him while they're on their surfboards going, man, I wish we could have your life, right? Like, and, and he looks at them and he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you can, right? Like, yeah. the, what's stopping you from having this life? And they feel like they have to, um, you, you know, that they're kind of, it's kind of the crab. Well, we, we're, we're kind of this corporate world when people aren't, they need to be able to, they, they need to know you can, I mean, you can break free. Dude. Yes. Which is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what, what got you into this? You know, you're talking a little bit about your life story and hopefully like, I'm not going to keep you here all night, but uh, I just like where this is going. So you get your MBA. Um, and then, I mean, do you go right into a court into the corporate world? Do you go into the startup world? If you're right there in UVU, I mean, you're right in Silicon Slopes, like what do you do next? And how does that lead to where you are now? Oh man, it was kind of a weird story. I, <laughs> I, I got hired from this company called Hospitium Partners. It was a large asset um, investment analysis position. I was trying to manage um, a big hotel up in Sydney, Montana. So okay. I went up there and it was the whole entire, the entire economy in Sydney was based around oil. And so oil prices um, had gone south. And so what happened is that town and it was all based fracking, right? Drilling oil. And so it went, it was a ghost town, tumbleweed, like literally like tumbleweeds, like going through. And the person that owned the investment company was like, Hey, we got to turn that property around up there. And uh, the challenge was, um, I mean, this guy was a great guy. He'd built a large hotel when, when oil was booming. And so it was just a cash cow for him. It was amazing. And then he started building another hotel at that time thinking, man, I got to double down on this investment. But right when he started building that hotel, that's when oil went bad. And so everyone left the town and he's left obviously with these two ginormous payments, right? Mortgage payments on these yeah. Yeah. assets, these hotels. So it was brutal. We, we got up there and there was there was no one to come into the hotels. Like literally it was, it was, it was the weirdest thing. You'd go into a lunch place at like 12 o'clock and no one was there. It was the weirdest feeling. It's so weird. And so he ended up not being able to, he gave me a bonus to go up there, but then he couldn't pay me once I got up there, there was no cash flow. And so I, I had to come back. I ended up getting a job as a um, business intelligence analyst at uh, Vivint Solar, which was okay. a cool experience. It was nerdy stuff. I was doing data analytics, which was kind of cool. But I got to the point, I was like, I need to do something that can change my world and the world around me. Right. I need freedom. I don't want to be in this nine to five, you know? And so, <laughs> so I broke out and honestly, like for any entrepreneur, they need to know that they're in good company if they're scared to death. Right. Like I'd wake up in the yeah, morning yeah. wanting to cry. I think I did cry. I felt like I was going to barf like a million times. It's a sickening feeling when you're starting your own company. It is so scary. Right. But I made the jump. Um, it was really, really cool. I had, you know, I, I had this friend, he's a, still a business mentor, great guy. Vivint Solar had offered me a much higher salary to stay. And they just said, we'll give you $10,000 cash. And for me at the time, $10,000 felt like a lot of money. And so I was sitting there going, dude, 
I can get 10,000 cash if I stay at Vivint Solar, right? And I told my friend this and he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, put that in a bucket and burn it. He, he says, that's nothing right now, right? You don't need to worry about that. Make the jump, choose to take that step and it will change your life, right? <laughs> and, and so I just, dude, I took like a little baby bird hopping out of a nest, not knowing how to fly. I jumped out. And dude, it was the best decision I've ever made. I'll never look back. I mean, never. I hope other people make the decision. It's it's great. Yeah, I think that's a powerful story. And, and I really appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people need to hear that. Like, be you know, it's just, it's not a, there are some things that are more important, you know, and starting your own business. And I think being true to yourself, I think, um, learning from people who've actually done it right is, is a big deal, you know? And I, and I'm glad we've had, we had this conversation is to be like really frank with you. Like I'm trying to make a decision on whether or not to, to get an MBA. Um, because I feel like, you know, I feel like I got to do certain things and I feel like that would help me, but, but this is a great conversation because there's a lot of young people who listen to this podcast. Um, and, and, there's a lot of young people who listen to this podcast who are trying to figure out what to do. The The podcast is also for like people in that startup phase. Uh, and then I have a lot of people who are like older who listen to this podcast who, who I don't know, man. I, I just feel like there's a lot of people who need to hear what you're saying. So I really appreciate that. You're kind, man. Of course. Dude. I, this is so fun, man. I, I love yeah. people and I love business. So this is great. Yeah, absolutely. So is this, I mean, what were your intentions? Because I, I'm sure I've talked to a lot of people who, who are in your situation, but this is the first time I felt like I've asked this question. Like when you were getting your MBA, like what were your intentions? Did you think you were going to start your own business like this? Like, like yeah. while you were, while you were going to college, like even before the MBA thing, you know what, man, I think it was a little bit of naivety. And, and what I mean by that is, and I'm going to, I'm going to share why that that's my sentiment because <laughs> I, I felt like I was bamboozled a little bit. Right. I, I had just got, I just came out of my undergrad and I'm like, I just want to excel. Right. I want to be successful in life. And I had somebody there at the school pull me aside being like, this is how you're going to be successful. You need to get your MBA. Right. And so I thought that was the grand key to all of the successes and freedom that life could offer was this, right. This graduate degree that was going to open doors to all of these huge corporate businesses locally that would, you know, um, create freedom. And yeah. it was just the opposite, which was, which was an interesting experience for me because I came out of the MBA feeling like, okay, wherever I apply now, they're going to at least give me a shot. Right. I had that feeling like if I apply somewhere, they're going to say, Hey, this guy's got his MBA. And so we should at least give him a shot. Yeah. And that's how, that's what I feel like. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, I think how people generally feel. And it was just, I mean, it was just the opposite. I would apply somewhere. You wouldn't get a second look, um, which was no. really, really odd. So a lot, yeah, a lot of those relationships uh, kind of were built by either people. Like I got, I got the Vivint Solar position because of a school network, but it wasn't the, he's somebody I could have met outside of that. Program. So you, so you got, you got the Vivint job. Sorry. Zoom was kind of cutting out there for a minute. You got the Vivint job because of a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Who actually, he was, he was in the, he was in the program, which was okay. cool. But okay. I could have met him. I really believe that I could have met him in any other circumstance, right? Which would yeah, have been yeah. would have been cool. And I'm grateful that I mean, maybe I, I think my salary there was was increased because I had my MBA, which sure. is nice. I mean, that's 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 helpful. But what I would say is that uh, you know there there are corporate positions. If there's a, if somebody's in a job right now and the job, um, whatever it may be, is asking or requiring them to get a higher uh, you, you know, uh, a graduate yeah. degree in order to excel on the corporate ladder or, or 
you know, hike up a few steps, then I think that would be a good time to do it. But if somebody is just thinking, you know what, this is going to be the key to my success, you know, into these huge doors of opportunity, I would yeah. say, forget about it, right? There's better avenues. There really truly are better avenues. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I I mean, I really feel what you're saying. And one of the biggest things is like, um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this because I've been in a, like a corporate, like high stress, like very goal driven, uh, company. Like, um, we were, I worked for a multi, you know, dealer auto company and we were in the sales department. I mean, we were in meetings all the time, uh, very stressful, very like got to hit these goals, like job hanging over. Like I was in the corporate world. Like I, I really did. I felt like that. Cause I mean, you'd like, I would sit in my car for like 30 minutes before work started, like knowing that when I went in there, like the job, like your job was hanging over your head. Like we had these goals. You didn't know when you were going to (laughs) leave. And I didn't like that, man. So, I mean, like, I don't know for people who think like, like, the corporate world is like the TV shows. <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> I don't think it's that fun, man. Not at all, man. No. And so here's, I mean, maybe I'll end on these thoughts unless you have, unless you have a couple other questions for me. Oh yeah. 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 Let's tell go, you, yeah. Brother, I have loved this, man. I love talking <laughs> to you. So if you've got other questions, man, I'm happy to Let's hang go. out with oh, you. Oh yeah. 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 I got um, more. I do have more. Well, you're a legend. I'll say, I'll say <laughs> these two things really, really quick. Um, our world is changing at a rate that is, I mean, it's exponential, right? Like we look at communication in the way that it's changed in the past 200 years. It's been bonkers. We look at travel in the way that it's changed. It's been insane, right? We go from riding ponies through the desert to electric cars, right? Can go zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds. That's that's crazy. Jetliners and communication now where we've got the coolest methods, but then I look at education, (laughs) right? 200 years ago, if you wanted to be able to learn from the masters, like your master's degree, right? Or you're getting your doctorate or whatever. You have to go to a brick and mortar because that's where they hang out. And that's where these people are. They're professing what they've come to know in their business, right? In life, these are pros. It, it's so weird. It's like become so diluted, right? Over 200 years, it's the only thing that really hasn't been disrupted. And there's companies now that are doing that. Like I look at companies like Pluralsight and Udemy and I mean, YouTube, yeah, Google, right? I think yeah. it's legit because it needs to be disrupted and it needs to be disrupted super hard. Right. Yeah. Um, b- because it's, people don't have to go to a brick and mortar anymore. And and they definitely don't need to be learning about business from people that don't understand business. That's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. They, yeah. they need to be being taught from people that have been there and done that, that understand kind of what's going on. The last yeah. thing I'll say is, I, I mean, I'm a Christian, I believe in God. And so I have this scripture that I just love, dude. It's Matthew 6, 26 it's in the new Testament. I think it's super important because for me, it's always been true. So I don't know what other people's um, opinions are about these things, but I believe that it, it, it says, behold, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. It says, yet your heavenly father feedeth them. It says, are you not much greater than they? So what I love about this idea is, it's like, hey, there's these birds that don't work a day of their lives, but every single night they have a place to sleep. Every single day they have food to eat. These are birds, right? Mm-hmm. And it's saying, you're you're a human, right? In my mind, I believe like we're children, right? Of, of yeah. God, it's like, are you not much better than they? And basically saying, you're going to be taken care of, right? Take the jump, take the step into the dark that's scaring you spitless because that's mm-hmm. what it will do. It is so scary. Yeah, right? yeah And yeah, somehow, yeah. some way, I have no idea, dude. I've had way, way too many miracles happen to ever doubt that there isn't the hand of providence involved in this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, and I think that also like I, I'm the, 
I'm the same as you, but I'm also um, very like stoic in my beliefs in the I love, sense dude, that I love stoicism, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I was introduced to that when I was a little kid, mm. uh, like meditations by Marcus Aurelius was one of the first books like that I ever read. Um, yeah. Maybe. That's awesome. Like when I, by the way, I'll tell you, it was one of the first books I ever read when I, when I realized that I like reading. Uh, I feel, <laughs> I always feel like public school did me a disservice because they made us read, but we had to read whatever book that they made us read that, that class or whatever. And I hated those. So I was convinced like my whole life that I, that I hated reading. Uh, like it's not for me. And then I picked up, I started picking up books that I actually liked uh, and realized that I love reading. I'm like, holy crap, this is like one of my favorite things to do. This is unbelievable. And so I feel like, but by the way, back to your point about like this education stuff, like, like yeah. Udemy, YouTube, I got my bachelor's degree in accounting and I did it all online. And I, I, I just tell people that I got my bachelor's degree in problem solving because like, I would have to, like, I would have to like, I would be like learning something. I'd be like, I don't know what that, and, so, and I would have to learn how to ask the right questions in Google, uh, which is like, when I, you know, when I tell people that it's really weird, like, they're like, how do you ask the right questions? And that's actually a really big deal. Like, <laughs> you know, it is. So, so I appreciate that. I mean, you were talking about reading earlier though. Um, what is one book that you recommend to everybody? Oh, dude. You, oh, my brother. I, well, I've yeah, got I, mean, so, I, I know. So great <laughs> That's books. why I asked I, that question, though. I asked that question, though. Not your favorite, the one you recommend the most. Because I have okay. too many. I have too many to be fa- pick favorites. But exactly. there's one book that I recommend all the time. Yeah. So I, I would say, let, let me say, um, if it's <laughs> if it's about mindset, right? It's tough okay. because we have to talk about genres. Because okay. in, Right. But it would be tough. I guess overall in business, entrepreneurship would be Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. If we're yeah. going to be talking about mindset, sure. I think that the thinking big is really, really important. Um, uh, that's that's a, a stellar book. Think and Grow Rich is a stellar book. As a Man yeah. Thinketh by James Allen. Those are all killer books on mindset. Yep. Mindset yep. by Carol Dweck. That's a great book. But then if we're talking <laughs> about sales, Right. That's the tough thing. If it's, if it's sales, hands down, no question asked, fanatical prospecting by oh, Jeff dude. Blunt. <laughs> yeah, Such a good book, man. That's a good book, I love it. man. 10X by Grant Cardone. Hate him or love him. I don't care what people think. A lot of, yeah. a lot of good opinions about him, a lot of bad opinions. <laughs> hey, 10X, listen. yeah, unstoppable. Yeah, listen. Hey, I love Grant Cardone because Grant Cardone, you know, he started in the auto industry, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I followed a Grant Cardone when he was like actually in the auto industry. Like I have his like audio book that he sold that was like automotive closes. Wow. <laughs> like, That's awesome. So, first of all, I love Grant Cardone. Uh, I think, I dude, I, I probably, he was the first dude that I actually spent thousands of dollars on like buying stuff. And but rightfully he, changed, so. he changed my mind. He changed my, he changed my life, dude. It was great. I mean, so I don't, I think I've like, I think Grant Cardone is like one of those people who like he, even he like graduated, he went from like automotive sales to, to like the sales coach. And now he's in like real estate and, and like, now he's like a business thing. Uh, but I, but I dude, I love Grant Cardone. I'm on that bandwagon all day, man. Amen. I agree, man. I think, I I think he's someone again, like that guy, no matter what people say about him, he has been there and done that. And he understands. Yeah. 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 And listen, I have one of my favorite, I have a mug that one of my favorite mugs says humble with a hint of Kanye. And I think (laughs) it could, it could, it could easily say humble with a 
hint of Grant Cardone. But like, yeah. here's the thing though. And, and I'm, and I like, I have a, they, people who are listening to this on, on Facebook will be ready for it. But by the time this releases, it'll be over. But I, in like a week, I have like this sales training that I'm doing for people. And the first thing that you talk about, like when I, when I hear sales, like is confidence, like you have to, you have to run into a business with a hint of Kanye. Yeah, like you have, dude. To, you're going to die if you don't. Have you, in my in my opinion, in my opinion, <laughs> absolutely, dude. Gosh, dude, I yeah, like you, man. You're a good guy, dude. We got to go get lunch or something. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, hey. There is a great book. Uh, you may have read it, may have not. It's it's mm-hmm. a little bit unorthodox from what people would think of this individual. It's called Hustle Smarter or Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter okay. by Curtis Jackson, and it's fifty cent. Hey, that's right. I read yeah. his book with I read his book with Robert Greene, The Fiftieth Law. That was fantastic. And I, was I haven't read that, dude. Um, but I will. I mean, I, that makes me excited. It, <laughs> this guy's a legend, right? I mean, it's so yeah. cool what this guy's done in business. It's it's amazing <laughs> right. to see this this guy that most people think is a thug, and he is the man. Smart. I mean, smart. he is a smart, smart businessman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he read, he, when, when, uh, they were going through his like whole documentary and his whole journey, his, you know, get rich or die trying, by the way, I'm like a huge fan of hip hop. Like I like oh, interviewing yeah. on this podcast. I like interviewing hip hop artists. I've interviewed quite a few of them. They're, they're fantastic. I was, people ask me like why I, I also interview like creatives and I love hip hop artists because they, they live in that grind. And I'm like, dude, if you hustled as, as hard as these guys were at their craft, you'd probably be a millionaire by now. Like, these guys work hard. So I love, I also love the hip hop culture, but when he was, when he was doing like his get Richard or try and documentary, he mentioned the 48 laws of power and that he, by him reading that was some, was one of the things that helped get him to where he was and get that whole album and that movie started. I mean, that was like the era of 50 cent was amazing. No, oh, dude. I love that, <laughs> You're such yeah. a stellar guy, brother. You're such, I guess, Kay, I will say anybody listening to this, they have to make staples of these books. Dotcom Secrets, Expert Secrets, and oh, yeah. Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. Uh, that guy, no one, no one has made me more money than Russell Brunson. <laughs> That's Amen, the dang truth, man. That guy All is right, man. I'm going crazy. for it then. I'm going for it then. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Great. You'll love it. You'll love That's it. That's sweet, man. Well, all right. So uh, we'll, as we wrap up, um, we've been going for quite a bit, man. I really enjoy this. But fun, as we dude. wrap up, like um, uh, what what do people – so I think one thing when people hear digital assets, and I think rightly so, and, and this is what I want you to address, is like they think they have to be like techie. Maybe they have to learn how to code. Um, I, I don't know. What, what do you, how do people learn what, what you do? Like, what do you have to know anything? Can you just come as you are? Yeah. So I also do this. I've found through, again, a lot of ups and downs, learning what works and what doesn't. Um, I, I teach something called the $0 framework, uh, which enables you. It doesn't matter if you're techie. I just, I had a guy, this is so cool, man. I had a guy enroll in my course within a week and a half. He structured a $2,500 a month deal. This was amazing. From that deal, he makes $1,943 a month and he spent $0 to get that deal. He just went through the course, which is amazing, right? This stuff works. He's not a techie guy at all. I just taught him how to be able to set up these deals to have other people do this this work, which is really, really nice. I think the best business people, um, right? Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. I teach people, I call them pocket-sized partnerships and I teach them how to structure these deals that get them 70 to 90% margins on deals residually, which is really, really, I mean, it's, 
it's stellar, man. It's a lot of fun. People can learn more about kind of what I'm doing. They can follow me on Instagram. It's roger.comstock, um, which yeah. is really, really easy. There's no D, R-O-G-E-R.comstock. Or they can go to zerodollarstartup.com um, and that will help them kind of learn um, what, what, what I've done in generating passive income. And it, yeah, like man. you said, it's truly passive. I mean, it's cool for, as I built out this other company, what, what, what is really great about passive income is it creates the opportunity for you to be able to fund other business decisions with your own money. You become your own bank. Yeah. yeah. Right? You don't need other investors money. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> which yes, which is like, I, mm, I love that. Cause I tell people that like, even if your first business, even if you start the first business with something that you know is going to make money, like I love uh, one of the, I just mentioned, I love the hip hop culture. And I don't know if you're familiar with Nipsey Hussle, um, no, but, no. but Nipsey, uh, one of his, like, he was like this, he was a really good businessman as well. Uh, and one of his sayings was like all money in, no money out. And that, and meaning like what you're saying, like you take the money that you earn from business and you keep reinvesting it in yourself and growing it until you like can't. Cause I think, you know, I, I don't ever tell people to play the stock market. I always tell people to play the small business market. Yeah, <laughs> you, know baby. you know what I'm saying? Like the stocks yes. are way too hard. Like, and by the way, I was like, you know, I've read the intelligent investor and, and how to read financial statements by Warren Buffett. I got the, I got the degree, bro. And it's just, I don't think if you're going to gamble like that, I might as well gamble on me and P and small businesses that I know, dude, like, Dude, you I and I know. are brothers, man. I'm telling you one thing. We're like cut out of the same mold. Dude. I'm not kidding. I tell people the same thing, dude. Why not bet yeah. on yourself? I've invested dude. oodles into cryptocurrency and dude, I got worked. And it's because I'm betting on the perceived <laughs> value of an asset from the market. And who knows well, what they're going to say tomorrow. Right? The, only the only reason I have I, I'll, on cryptocurrency, I only have one cryptocurrency. I have Ethereum and I only have Ethereum because uh, you can actually buy stuff with it and you can mint yeah. stuff with it. Like you can convert that into like wrapped Ethereum and you can go on, dude, I got way into NFTs. Uh, but that's the only one I have. And I, and be, and I have it because not really because I care about, I actually don't want it to go up. I want it to go down so that I can buy more Ethereum with the money that I have so that I can spend it. Like I, I don't want it to go up when I buy it, when I buy it. <laughs> You're a stud, man. Yeah. You might as well bet on yourself. I mean, if you, if yeah. you're someone that knows you can work hard and have some grit, right. That's really all yeah. I, I, you know, I will say, dude, entrepreneurship is nothing more than being willing to get socked in the face, in the stomach and just get back up. That's all it is, dude. Yeah, man, I, I promise going. you, anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur, that's the one thing they have to develop. And that's it. <laughs> Grit. They have to be willing to say, you know what? I just got knocked down and I don't care what it is. I'll keep getting back up. And mm -hmm. I mean, it works if they do. Yeah. Right? Well, and, awesome. and to go, to keep going with that, like I, the same thing I used to have, um, and people who listen to me a lot know that, but I used to have my screensaver uh, on my computer used to be expected. And it was like, like expect the good stuff, but I more, cause because of like my stoic, like it was expect the bad stuff to happen. Like whenever I ask somebody for a sale, like I, like the price is always too high. They always go got to talk to their mom or their dad or their wife. Like they always can't do it right then. They always need to think about it. Like if you, cause if you expect that, you know how to handle it, right? Like it's not anything new to me. And so I can just roll with it. And, and most of the time when, when, when you expect things, you don't, you don't act desperate. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that, if, man. if you get punched in the face, like uh, it's just like, you know, boxing or whatever. If, if you're boxing and you get punched in the face, you don't go, why the hell did you punch me in the face? You just keep going, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were supposed to punch you in the face. Like starting your business is supposed to be hard. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. If that's no, their expectation yeah. going into it, it it's going to be hard. They'll be prepped for the, the challenge. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause if it's not hard, then you end up like, uh, you know, some of our friends, at Enron or, or, like, or like, Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. this shouldn't be this easy. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So they can, so they can go like, okay. So they can follow you on Instagram, by the way, I just did. Uh, and I saw that you have a podcast. Go ahead. Plug your podcast, dude. What's that? Oh, dude, about? you're kind, man. Yeah. So my, again, like my whole thing now, like I, dude, I just want people to be happy. Like period. Yeah. I just want them yeah. to feel so happy, man. <laughs> Life. Uh, that's what life's all about, dude. I, yeah. Like, I really believe that everyone is chasing all of these fleeting things. And I just want them to feel genuinely, authentically happy with their lives. And so my podcast is called Be Happy and Mean It. Um, I'm starting a book right, right now called How to Be Happy and Mean It. Um, and so that, that'll be kind of fun, man. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I think people need to, in the world we live in today, there's a lot of distractions, you know, and mindfulness is a big piece of people finding real joy and happiness in what they're doing, being grateful for things for you know, sure. and just appreciating relationships and developing relationships. And so, yeah, man, that, that whole podcast, be happy and mean it is about, um, is about being happy, uh, being Good. happy, healthy, and, and, and wealthy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and by the way, I like, I never mind people plugging their podcasts. Cause again, like I think at, for, at first, I think everybody should have a podcast. I, and I think if you can't promote it on your homies podcast, then uh, your homie shouldn't be doing a podcast. There's like, uh, there's yeah. like what, there's like 2 million podcasts out there, dude. Tons. Abundance. Like, dude. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's my thing. <laughs> and that's my thing. Like it, it makes sense to start one, but also like if, if people like look at it the wrong way, like it makes no sense to start one. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not the only podcast that brings on small business owners and I shouldn't be like, nobody wants to hear me talk to small business owners all day, bro. They want, they, I want you to make the tour, bro. I want you to make the, you know what I mean? I want you to like find like eight, make the tour, uh-huh. man. Dude, you so are a cool, good, dude. You are a cool guy, man. I feel so thankful to know you, dude. Let's go. Yeah, we got to grab lunch. Do something fun, man. You're a good guy. All right, bro. All right, bro. Yes, yes, sir. Let's do that. All right. Um. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to go ahead and end the Facebook Live real quick. I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate everything. Um. Before we end, though, on Facebook, uh, what your website and your Instagram again. Oh, you're kind, man. Yeah, so my website is $0startup.com. And uh, the Instagram is just roger.comstock. And it's cool. Roger without, without a D. Right on. Oh, brother. All right, cool. Well, dude, right on. Hey, I'm grateful <laughs> for you, brother. You're awesome, dog. Thank you.